What is this? A slumber party? Well, that's what well, we're here to talk to you about. Sir, yeah. Look, I don't want to hear anything about it. You've got two minutes. Make it good. Uh, well, uh, first of all, Mr. Mayor, it's a great pleasure to see you again. And we'd just like to say that almost 50% of us voted for you in the last election. I appreciate that. I'm just sorry we have to always meet under these circumstances. Mr. Mayor, we're here tonight because a psychomagnetic slime flow of immense proportions is building up beneath this city. Psycho what? Psychomagnetic. Big, Big word. Negative human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. Does anybody speak English here? Uh, yeah, you, you, Your Honor. See, what we're trying to tell you is like all the bad feelings, I mean, all the hate, the anger, and violence of this city is turning into this sludge. Now, I didn't believe it at first either. But we just went for a swim in it, and we ended up almost killing each other. This is insane. I mean, do we really have to listen to this? Can't you stop your lips from flapping for two little minutes? Lenny, have you been out on the street lately? Do you know how weird it is out there? We've taken our own head count. There seem to be three million completely miserable assholes living in the tri-state area. Oh, please. I beg your pardon, three million and one. Hey. And what Budgie Brain here doesn't realize is that if we don't do something fast, this whole place is going to blow like a frog on a hot plate. Yeah, right. What am I supposed to do? Go on television and tell 10 million people they have to be nice to each other? Being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. Your two minutes are up. Good night, gentlemen. You're making a big mistake, Mr. Mayor. Patreon exclusive episode of How Is This Movie? My name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for all of your support. In 1984, Ghostbusters was released and became an instant hit and cultural phenomenon. The film had many memorable catchphrases from he slime me to who you gonna call. And on a meager $25 million budget, the movie became a box office smash worldwide, taking in more than $300 million. So one would assume that the studio behind the film would immediately request a sequel, which they did. However, all the principal players that we talked about in part one initially wanted no part of this, stating that the Ghostbusters was a one-and-done story that didn't warrant a sequel. Columbia Pictures, which held the license to the property, made the decision to move forward with an animated series. Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd agreed to come on board to help develop it. The series would continue the adventures of the Ghostbusters, and on September 13, 1986, the real Ghostbusters debuted on ABC television. And how's the most beautiful secretary in the world? We brought you a little surprise. Ah, uh, guys, how sweet. 
You're right. I am surprised. What's hey. it? Guess she's allergic to chocolate. No, they're empty. Empty? empty. Except one. I've been slimed. Yuck. Stand back. I'm going to blast them. This time I'm really going to... Whoa, Peter, take it easy. I'll discipline Slimer. For shame, Slimer. You've been a naughty ghosty. Naughty, naughty. Come on, Ray, he's been a major pain. One more mess up Slimer in your history. Got that? In total, 173 episodes would air until the show's end in early 1991. The reason for the word real in the title was due to the fact that Filmation, the studio that produced the original Ghostbusters TV show in the 1970s, were creating their own cartoon series around the same time and refused to once again license out the name. The Filmation version of Ghostbusters animated show was a complete dud and was canceled shortly after its release. Now, the success of the animated series only fueled the flames for Columbia Pictures, who by early 1988 were once again pressing Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, and Ivan Reitman to do another film. For those three, enough time had passed since the release of the first film for them to consider going at it again. The main hurdle they would have to clear was Bill Murray, who was strongly against the idea. He would only agree to return if they guaranteed that this would be the last Ghostbusters film. Murray went so far as to suggest that the film should be called The Last of the Ghostbusters. Once Murray was on board, Aykroyd and Ramis got to work on the screenplay. A delight at Columbia Pictures gave them the green light with a $37 million budget and a scheduled release date of July 16, 1989. Filming began on November 18, 1988. This time around, Ivan Reitman was able to contract ILM to produce the visual effects with Dennis Muir heading up the project. All the principal cast members returned, including Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis. In early 1989, the first teaser trailer was released, and the buzz started to grow. Soon, America's largest city is going to pay for the nastiness of its inhabitants. When that day comes, when the slime starts to rise, the Titanic just arrived. When ghosts start arriving by the boatload, who are you going to call? Guts, guys, with the Ghostbusters. Hold on. Ghostbusters 2. You're short. Your belly button sticks out too far. And you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. You're seeing things running through Bill your head. Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson. In an Ivan Reitman film. Ghostbusters 2. Now you have to remember that this was a movie that many thought would never happen. As you've heard in the teaser trailer, the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters theme song was used. However, the producers wanted to make sure that Ghostbusters 2 had its own hit song, a song that would help propel the release of not only the film, but also the soundtrack, which was released two months prior to the movie's release. Singer Bobby Brown was brought in to record the first single released on the soundtrack entitled On Our Own, which was written and produced by L.A. Reid and Babyface. You, you, you 
number two for three weeks on the Billboard's U.S. Hot 100 list. The song was kept from the number one spot by Richard Marks' Right Here Waiting. Nonetheless, with the popularity of the soundtrack and the buzz from the second and third trailer releases, Ghostbusters 2 was poised to be one of the biggest films of the year, and on opening weekend, July 16th, 1989, Ghostbusters 2 indeed did score a huge opening. In fact, it was the largest opening weekend in history at $39 million, a record that would stand for exactly one week until Tim Burton's Batman was released and took in a little over $40 million. Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the, of, the, of the audience, I don't think it's fair to call my clients frauds. Okay, so the blackout was a big problem for everybody, okay? I was stuck in an elevator for two hours and I had to make the whole time. But I don't blame them, because one time I turned into a dog and they helped me. Thank you. Very good, Lewis. Short, but pointless. Mr. Fianella, please look at exhibits A through F on the table over here. Do you recognize this equipment? Yeah, that's the stuff the cops took from their truck. Do you know what this equipment is used for? I don't know. Uh, catching ghosts, maybe? I don't know. May I remind the court that the defendants are under a judicial restraining order that strictly forbids them from performing services as paranormal investigators or eliminators? So noted. Now, Mr. Fianella, can you identify the substance in this jar marked Exhibit F? Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff, all right. Your Honor, I've been working underground for Continent for 27 years. I never saw anything like this in my life. Mm. Whatever's down there, they must have poured it there. No, we didn't! Wait, wait, wait. Shut up! So, so, so you were just trying to help out a, help out a friend? Who was frightened? Who was scared of what was happening to her? No and when you're intent. scared, what? There was no evil intent. There was no evil intent and no malice. No, uh, uh, because you live here, and when you live in a place and you love it like yeah, you do, you don't want nothing bad to happen. What? Because it'll never happen again. It's an isolated incident. It's a one-shot deal. Objection, Your Honor. What? He's leading the witness. Sustain. Give me a break. We're both lawyers. Mr. Tully, you have any questions for this witness? Might have some bearing on this case. Do I? No, we've helped them out enough already. No, Your Honor. Ghostbusters 2 had a sharp drop the following weekend. Columbia would point to the release of Batman, but others threw out a different reason. Bad word of mouth. Put yourself back in 1989. No internet, no social media, and unless you were really looking... The fact that the film was getting poor reviews may have missed you. This was the case for Ghostbusters 2. Siskel and Ebert, who carried a ton of weight when it came to making or breaking a film, gave Ghostbusters 2 two thumbs down, citing 
that the film didn't try anything new. It was simply a retread of the original. Our next film is Ghostbusters 2, the sequel to the best-selling movie comedy of all time, and it's a major disappointment. And what's so surprising is that the film contains little comic energy or invention. It looks as if the filmmakers, particularly the writers, simply didn't try to do anything special. The four Ghostbusters reassemble five years later to destroy a river of psycho-reactive slime that has invaded New York City. Here they talk to the slime. I have seen some disgusting crud in my time, but you take the case. This is what you do with your spare time. Peter, this is an incredible breakthrough. I mean, what a discovery, a psycho-reactive substance. Whatever this stuff is, it responds to human emotional states. Mood slime. The story is virtually the same as the original, save for the introduction of a baby, the infant son of Sigourney Weaver, who Bill Murray is still pursuing. She's divorced. Well, what do you think? He's... Well, he's ugly. I mean, he's not elephant man ugly, but he's not attractive. Was his father ugly? Don't listen. Murray is really forced to carry most of the movie with his wisecracks. The film really could have used more byplay between Rick Moranis and Annie Potts, two Ghostbusters assistants, babysitting and romancing. I think motherhood's a very natural instinct. I'm like a child myself. Would you? Now that scene isn't much, but it's appealing because it's at least different from the original picture. The rest of this movie, save for the introduction of the baby, is virtually a carbon copy with the Ghostbusters battling the slime as well as a 16th century demon hiding in a painting in a New York museum. The Ghostbusters seem tired of what's going on. The special effects seem all too familiar. I know it isn't true, but the movie comes across as if the guys were filming the first draft of a script. I agree with you completely. This movie is a total disappointment. No thought went into it. No effort went into it. There's no comedy in it. And it's not just a critic sitting there in, you know, I don't believe in reviewing the audience. You and I both think that, you know, we have our own opinions. But I did go to see it in a real movie theater in Michigan with uh, several hundred people and they sat through the entire movie they were there to have a good time there was one laugh one laugh in two hours this movie, I only laughed once I laughed this, at the line about Laura Antonelli I thought that was funny but that's yeah, a movie that's, related, a, that's an real, in joke I yeah, mean sure you is. and I you know, yeah. might know who she is but right. how many Ghostbusters fans necessarily do this movie is a complete disappointment this is a demonstration of the bankruptcy of sequels if you're going to make a sequel you have to think it through you don't just want to repeat it you don't want to do the same thing again and I was very surprised because I was shocked uh, I, I figured where's the effort yeah you know you know you have a home run going in if you make a decent picture mm -hmm. how cynical to not even try most other critics agreed with Siskel and Ebert and the film currently holds a 51 percent on Rotten Tomatoes I want to be clear that no one is saying that Ghostbusters 2 is an awful film. It's clear that the production value was high. Most will tell you that the film was just a major disappointment in terms of its comedy and pacing. When the dust settled, Ghostbusters 2 brought in $100 million less than the original film. The story seemed to be over. Now, there is so much information and disinformation as for the long history of the attempts to get a third Ghostbusters film made. I will share with you what I've been able to find. All of the info in this timeline I'm presenting has at least three sources to back it up. In 1996, Dan Aykroyd stated in a newspaper interview that he wanted to make a sequel to Ghostbusters 2. But since Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman were completely against the idea, Aykroyd envisioned a story revolving around Egon and Ray training a new group of Ghostbusters. A younger, more handsome group, as he put it. He wrote the draft entitled Ghostbusters The Next Generation, for which he was unable to get a green light from the studio. In 1998... 
the head of the Sony Pictures, stated that he wanted to make a new Ghostbusters film. Aykroyd was once again tasked with writing another script, and by 1999, he had finished a full screenplay entitled Ghostbusters 3 Hellbent in which we see the team fighting ghosts in an alternate New York that hell has taken over. Aykroyd's script had Bill Murray's character in a limited role. This was all for naught as Bill Murray said that he would only agree to do this film for an obscene amount of the film's profits. The project was scrapped. In 2005, Harold Ramis, who famously cut ties with Bill Murray after their on-set meltdown while filming Groundhog Day, said in an interview that he wanted to make a third film and he would like Ben Stiller to replace Murray in the lead role. In 2007, work began on a video game. Ghostbusters the video game, featuring the likeness and the voices of all four of the original Ghostbusters. However, it should be noted that each of the actors recorded their lines separately and were never in the same room together. The video game was released in 2009 and it was a surprise hit, with many claiming that this is the actual sequel we've all been waiting for. When disaster strikes... When the city quakes in fear... When there's no one to turn to. Who are you gonna call? Uh, that's your cue, killer. There's something strange in your neighborhood. There's something weird and it don't even do. It wasn't me this time, I swear it. All my data indicate that the ghost world is beginning to push through multiple cross portals from their dimension into ours. Well, more overtime. The video game brought renewed interest to the Ghostbusters property, so much so that in late 2009, Sony announced at its annual shareholders meeting that a third Ghostbusters film was slated for a 2011 release. In 2010, Bill Murray said in an interview that he will be happy to be in the next Ghostbusters film if his character is killed in the beginning of the movie. 25 years ago or so, Ghostbusters. Has it been 25 years ago? I don't know, Dave. Wow. Like that one. Now, and there was a go Ghostbusters 2, wasn't there? Technically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, is, is, and I keep hearing talk about a Ghostbusters 3, and, but you... It's a nightmare. Yeah, this is my nightmare. Really? Now, will you be in Ghostbusters 3? I, I told them if they killed me off in the first reel, I'd do it. Right. So now they've figured out a way to kill me off in the oh. first reel. But I don't think... You know, it's just crazy talk. It's just... Well, that'd be a just, huge hit. Go, these with are the you? people that are up all night, you yeah. know? That are talking this. Now, do you do you uh, no? And you did the video game. The video game. The is video game was kind of wildly fun. successful. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Let's say that you're at a recording studio here where in you, town. I don't know where you're going with this. Thing. <laughs> and and you spent the entire day doing the lines for the Ghostbusters video game. And so now you're on your way home and you're oh, feeling. Oh, did I tell you this one? Okay, you're it's feeling pretty, pretty good, good anyway. Yeah. So all right. I wish so, I had, get me some pills. All right, all right. I was in the brief. <laughs> I was just afraid. Okay, so. <clears throat> Okay, so I was doing this recording, and I was working on a movie at the same time, so I was going into Manhattan and working on the weekends doing all this recording. I got really back into the Ghostbusters thing, and it was fun being Dr. Peter Venkman, and I was laughing, and I was improvising. It was just like being on the movie. It was like a lot of fun. And I go out on the street, and it's like, it's, you know, Manhattan on a Sunday morning around 9 o'clock, and I start singing the dang Ghostbusters mm -hmm. song. And, and some couples walk on the street, and they look at me like, Get over it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
Also in 2010, Sony said that it wanted to bring on a different director, but Ivan Reitman's contract would not allow this. It was becoming more clear that Sony wasn't going to pull the trigger on a new Ghostbusters film unless Bill Murray was on board and committed to the role. The next three years sees a number of rumors go around, and the Ghostbusters sequel was, by definition in development hell. In 2014, Harold Ramis passed away and Ivan Reitman officially walked away from the project, stating that without Ramis's involvement, both in front and behind the camera, the film wouldn't be a real Ghostbusters movie. With Reitman now out and Bill Murray not willing to commit to the project, Sony made the decision to reboot the entire franchise and start over, something they were becoming quite known for. I'm looking at you, amazing Spider-Man. Enter Paul Feig into the story. Paul Feig was born September 17, 1962, in Michigan. He dropped out of college after one year and moved to L.A. to begin a career in acting and comedy. He was able to find small roles in films such as Three O'Clock High and Ski Patrol. He also embarked on a short-lived stand-up comedy career. By the late 1990s, he had developed a friendship with comedian Judd Apatow, and together the two created the NBC TV show Freaks and Geeks a show that followed a group of high school students through the trials and tribulations of one of the most awkward times in your life. The show garnered a massive cult following, even though it was canceled after only 18 episodes. And Feig would continue to act and write throughout the 2000s and appeared in such films as Knocked Up, Stealing Harvard, and Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. In 2011, Paul Feig directed his third feature film, the Judd Apatow-produced comedy Bridesmaids. The film was a smash hit, taking in almost $300 million on a $32 million budget. Feig followed up the success of Bridesmaids with 2013's The Heat, starring Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy, a film that took in over $200 million at the box office. Feig's 2015 release, Spy, took in another $200 million. What all three of these films had in common is they all had very modest budgets and were very profitable. When Sony approached Paul Feig about directing the next Ghostbusters, he made the suggestion to go with an all-female cast, citing the overwhelming popularity of his three previous films. Sony agreed, and in early 2015, the film was officially announced along with the cast. Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, who had both previously worked with Paul Feig, and Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones, both were rising stars on Saturday Night Live. Dan Aykroyd was the first of the original Ghostbusters to come forward and show his support for the reboot and all-female cast. The budget for the new Ghostbusters film was set at $144 million, nearly three times larger than any budget that Paul Feig had worked with in the past. In 2015, most of the comments you would hear about the new Ghostbusters were the usual people that didn't like the fact that the film was being remade. I was one of them. As most of you know, I've never been a fan of remakes or reboots. But at the same time, I really like Bridesmaids and The Heat, so I felt like this film was going to be in good hands. On March 3rd, 2016, the first trailer was released for the Ghostbusters remake. And oh my god, did all hell break loose. Class for apparition. That's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. Ah! That stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Erin, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. 
join the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. <laughs> uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. Okay. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. And we might be the only ones who can stop it. Holtzman, come on! The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. The devil is a liar! Get out of my friend! Ghost! Ow, that's gonna leave a mark! The power of pain compels you! Ow! Now, my first reaction to the trailer was one of, huh, well, it looks interesting. But as the day progressed, I began seeing a number of articles pop up online and a number of YouTube videos with titles like the new Ghostbusters trailer is the most hated video on YouTube. Now, being someone who has the power to make up his own mind, I watched these YouTube videos with a grain of salt. And after a few days of being bombarded with the whole Internet hating this trailer, I just stopped. No one had changed my mind about the trailer. I saw it. To be honest, I couldn't understand where all the hate was coming from. I want to read you an article that really sums up what was going on during that period. This is from the Guardian website. For a film to break records before its release is usually a good sign, but such records tend to be for advanced ticket sales or most trailer views. They do not tend to register unusually high levels of online dissatisfaction. When the first look at footage from Paul Feig's female-fronted Ghostbusters reboot debuted in March, the reaction encompassed outrage. Not only that the beloved comedy was being remade, but the lead character's genders would be altered. Since then, the hating has not subsided, and the first trailer has now racked up more than a half a million thumbs down. Off the record, I will tell you that it has now it now has more than a million thumbs down votes on YouTube. This is not only more than any other trailer. It means the two and a half minute ad earns a place on the streaming channel's list of the 100 least liked pieces of content. As the website Screen Crush notes, the trailer's unusual ratio of views to dislike suggests a concentrated campaign to vote down the trailer. Paul Feig initially called much of the negative reaction to the casting of four women in the leads vile, misogynist shit. But speaking to The Guardian last week, the director played down the backlash. He said, quote, The haters on the trailer were very proud of the fact that they racked up 400,000, currently a million, dislikes on YouTube since versus its 200,000 likes. But given the number of views, 46 million, that's not a majority by any standards. Some of it is that people don't want an old property touched. I am sympathetic to that. But the ones who are hating because it's all about women, well, that's just a non-starter, end quote. Feig pointed a finger at the media, which amplified this negativity and for fueling a small minority of voices into sort of a bullhorn. So by early 2016 and more than 25 years of waiting for a new Ghostbusters film, the Ghostbusters reboot was embroiled in controversy unlike anything I have ever seen before. Among the main arguments that were being made against the reboot were, one, film purists were sick and tired of great films being remade. In the past few years, we had several examples of this with Robocop and Total Recall. And two, 
a small minority of people were upset about the all-female cast. Now, what happened was lots of people went after those opposed to an all-female cast. The problem was that that bled over to the film purists, people like myself who are against the idea of remakes. If someone made a comment on social media about not wanting to see the film because they love the original and hate it remakes, then they stood a good chance of being branded a misogynist. The whole thing was a complete mess. Even I avoided making comments about the film on my Twitter page, leading to its release. And my position on the film was very benign. I wasn't crazy about the idea of a reboot, but I really enjoyed Paul Feig's previous works, and I think all four of the main cast members are incredibly funny. Yet, I couldn't bring myself to make even the most modest comment like, hey, let's give this movie a chance. Something that simple would have drawn criticism from some groups, I guarantee it. When the movie was finally released in July of 2016, it opened at number two that weekend with $46 million. And by the end of its theatrical run, it took in $228 million. On the financial side of things, that was viewed as a failure, with most estimates suggesting that the movie's break-even point was $500 million due to the amount of money Sony spent on marketing. The Monday after opening weekend, Sony executives were touting the fact that there would absolutely be a sequel, but revised that statement at the end of August 2016 to say that there was no official plans as of now for a new sequel. The studio cited they didn't think that the creative team behind the film, Paul Feig, and the main cast would want to go through that hate and vitriol process once again. As for me, well, I saw the Ghostbusters film a week after it came out and thought it was okay. The visual effects were fantastic and Kate McKinnon was a standout in the cast. The film was laced with several quirky jokes and references. Sometimes I found myself the only person laughing in the theater, but the overall pace of the film felt rushed to me. I didn't hate it. I didn't absolutely love it either. I will call the film the best of the most recent rash of remakes and reboots. But as someone who thinks that we shouldn't be making those kinds of films at all, take that for what it's worth. And as far as the 1 million dislikes on the YouTube trailer, I think a lot of that is really absurd. I think sometimes there's a mob mentality. I cite the example of Nickelback, the great Canadian rock band that everybody loves to hate. But do you really hate them? My name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for your support.